At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. We continue betting across America, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Adam Burke. It is for the next three hours. We give you everything we know in the world of sports, and certainly we have drama right now, Adam, in college basketball here at Circus Sportsbook. Behind us, we've heard the roars of the crowd as this Indiana and Iowa game is coming down to the wire. About 40 seconds to go in regulation. I believe we have a two-point game right now with Iowa in the lead. Pre-flop, this was six, I do believe, for Iowa. We've seen crazier things happen but, Adam, as we were just talking with Femi and Wes Reynolds over there at South Point Casino here, Indiana, win, lose, or draw, they're in, we know now, going forward, barring some, I, I can't imagine there's any way they get left out of the selection committee. But here we go. I think you're going to play this out if you're Iowa. Would you feel confident right now if you were getting that six and you have Indiana? Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I mean, it all depends on what Iowa does with this possession. Oh, we here. got a turnover. Gonna, okay. Well, we're going to have a tie now, game. Now I feel confident in Indiana <laughs> plus the six. Although then again, if this goes to overtime, they're going to have to cover it twice. There you we, go. We've seen a lot of dogs. I know Tim Murray's talked about this a lot throughout conference tournaments. Uh, you know, underdogs go to die in overtime. So if you're an Indiana backer, you're probably rooting for Iowa to go ahead and win this in regulation. Yeah, we're going to have obviously a lot to talk about with college basketball today. We're going to have Austin Mock join us uh, in the second hour to talk a little bit more about college basketball. Looking ahead to the tournament next week, Mike Peranio is going to join us this week, this hour rather, from uh, Mandalay Bay, sportsbook manager over there, get his thoughts and how the, the handles are going so far here, how they've been doing in these conference tournaments. Uh, but right now, in the final seconds, a bank <laughs> in three. 
for the Hawkeyes as we hear the roar of the crowd here at Circa. Oh, my goodness. So we have, what, under a second to play. Iowa's got an 80-77 lead. My goodness. Heartbreak Hotel here if you're an Indiana backer, if you had a money line. But you know what? If you're an Iowa backer, you were probably hoping that shot didn't go in if you laid the six. Yeah, if you were in Iowa, you're definitely hoping for overtime here. And, you know, this kind of creates a really interesting discussion here, Dave, I think, because, look, I think Indiana wanted to win this tournament, obviously, especially with how deep of a run that they've made. But also, they've put themselves in the NCAA tournament now. And now they don't have to play tomorrow. You know, they don't have to spend extra energy. Trace Jackson Davis, as you were talking about with Wes before we came on. I mean, this kid has had a significant workload in this conference tournament. Maybe it's not a bad thing that they don't play tomorrow. That That's an interesting angle, too, Adam, because I wonder when you start to really handicap things next week, once we see who's going to be playing in Tuesday, who's going to be playing on Thursday and Friday, how much does the rest really factor into teams that we think might be able to make a deep run? Yeah, obviously, I think it's on a, a case-by-case basis. You know, Indiana is not a team that's particularly deep, I don't think. They mm-hmm. don't really have a, a ton of bench production. A lot of this does go through Trace Jackson Davis, as we've seen throughout this tournament. With that being said, something else I just kind of thought about if they do end up losing this game, it looks like they're going to, do they get sent to Dayton where they have to play, you know, on Tuesday or Wednesday? And then, you know, maybe the rest factor doesn't even help them at all. So that's kind of an interesting question now too, is how many dominoes fall because of that banked in three that we just saw? Amazing. Bohannon gets that three to go. So it's still under a second to go. Let's see what Mike Woodson can draw up here in the final second. I think eight tenths of a second is what is left. I think they maybe put a little bit back on. So 1.1, to go there as the nine seed, the nine seed in the Big Ten tournament, Indiana uh, trying to pull the upset on the five seed Iowa. We've got one more game to go here in the semifinals, and it's Michigan State against Purdue. Both teams obviously going to be uh, high seeds, we believe, in the NCAA tournament next week. Right now, that one opened up with Purdue uh, laying six, similar number to what we're seeing here between Iowa and Indiana, with a high total here we're seeing about 145. How do you break down that matchup that what we think we might see in the semifinal in game number two in the Big Ten. You know, obviously Purdue is such a talented offensive team. I mean, based on some of the sources and the metric sites that are out there, number one in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. And I think games like this are really important for a coach like Matt Painter. Mm -hmm. You know, and we'll talk about another game here coming up, actually a tip-off that's pretty much going off right now between Kentucky and Tennessee. Rick Barnes is another coach where I think these games are really important for these head coaches. You know, they have to show that they can win these types of games and for Purdue, you know, I think this is a game that you know they, they certainly want to put their best foot forward in here against the Michigan State team that they just lost to on February 26th by three. You know, it's one of those situations to me where this is kind of a tone-setting game for the NCAA tournament. You know, you're in the semifinals now of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. You, whether you win tomorrow or not, so be it. But I think this is the kind of game that Matt Painter needs to show that his Boilermakers can step up when the lights are the brightest. And he, as a person, as a head coach, Needs to be able to show it as well. And I mentioned there, uh, the, the total here in the Indiana-Iowa game was 145. That is now obviously officially gone over that total at 80 to 77. Still point waiting to play that 1.1 seconds left here in regulation. Uh, the Purdue total has dropped a little bit, opened up about 143 and a half. It's down to 141 and a half. I wonder, you start to get to the semifinals in some of these big boy tournaments, right? And we're going to see this. I think you'll see this in the Big East and the ACC even play out as well. Tired legs at some point have to start coming in for these kids because they're just not used and accustomed to playing back-to-back-to-back games here once you get in those second and third days of straight action. Right, you know, and I think we can look at this Texas A&M and Arkansas game as an example of a team overcoming the tired legs because Texas A&M is making a significant run in this tournament. They took themselves from probably out of the field or maybe, you know, going to Dayton 
to now legitimately getting a spot in this tournament, not having to worry about playing until Thursday or Friday, they rode the wave. You know, they didn't worry about the fatigue because they kind of kept going. Whereas you look at Arkansas in the second half of this game, and when it started to get away from them, mm-hmm. they just kind of collapsed. They just sort of rolled over. And so to me, I think that's where you kind of look for the legs. You know, depending on how the game flow is going, what the game state looks like, you know, for Michigan State today, if they get down double digits to Purdue, you know, around the 12-minute mark of the second half, something like that, maybe you see them kind of folded in a little bit. Whereas, you know, if they're a team that's riding a wave, if they're leading the game, something like that, I don't think you necessarily worry about the fatigue. Yeah, I think it's a good point. And again, the game is over in the first Big Ten semifinal. Desperation half-court heave off the backboard. No good. So Indiana is going to end their regular season at 20-13. and 13. I, I would be stunned if somehow they are not in the NCAA tournament, at least going to Dayton, if not firmly inside that field of 68. Iowa, by the way, going to the Big Ten tar- uh, championship for the first time since 2006. As they hold on, they don't cover they do get the three-point win, so if you had Fran McCaffrey and Bunch uh, on the money line, that's going to cash for you as an Iowa backer, but they do not cover that six, and they now will await the winner of Michigan State and Purdue. Again, we mentioned that total right now, uh, about a five-and-a-half here, 141-and-a-half on the total for that second Big Ten matchup later on today. Okay, I wonder, if, when you look at some of these teams like A&M, and I'm with you, Adam, I think now they are firmly in the field of 68. So somebody's bubble has got to burst today. And and the one for me that I look at is Virginia Tech. I kind of thought they were in now with this great run in the ACC tournament. Well, I don't know. If A&M gets an at-large, if Indiana, we believe, are now at-large bids here, has Virginia Tech done enough? Or do they have to beat Duke in the ACC final to get the automatic bid? I mean, I test. I've watched in the last couple days. To me, they look like a tournament team here, Adam. But I wonder if they're the team there that you go, man, St. Louis, maybe their body work is not good enough with that loss to Davidson here. Do you think it's the Hokies that might be in the most jeopardy? You know, I think it's a possibility. I mean, also, too, there's a big game in the AAC tournament between Memphis and SMU. Mm -hmm. If SMU is able to find a way to win that game, then, you know, that's a a, a victory for them that could put them back on the right side of the bubble, which would be something that would hurt a team like Virginia Tech. You know, and it's always interesting to talk about these things, too, when you get to conference tournament finals of – Let's say Virginia Tech loses by two at the horn, something like that. You know, people talk all the time about good losses right. in college basketball. You know, you want good losses and you want to avoid bad losses. Mm. Is it a good enough loss for them if they lose by two to Duke tonight to kind mm. of sway the selection committee? You know, and also, too, to that end, look at the ACC, for example, right? Notre Dame, they're one and done in their conference tournament. You know, North Carolina didn't play particularly well yesterday. Wake Forest didn't play well. You know, as, as you're looking at it, trying to figure out what the selection committee is going to do, I think a big part of it, honestly, for Virginia Tech, comes down to the perception of the conference. And how are they graded based on all the metrics, based on all the resources that the selection committee uses? I would say this week that conference has not done itself any favors. No. And maybe that negatively hurts Virginia Tech, you know, regardless of how close they lose by tonight. And obviously, if they win, they're in. But, you know, I, I think that that's something we have to kind of consider, too, is what is the perception of the ACC if Vatech loses by four or by six, like the market expectation. Yeah, this is, and you're right, you just nailed it. This is the conversation of, well, our our conference, Big Ten uh, versus the ACC, right? When you start to do these, well, is Virginia Tech in a down conference versus nine bids potentially to come out of the Big Ten? If Michigan now would be that ninth team, I wonder if the Wolverines are firmly on the bubble after losing to Indiana. We were having the conversation last week, Wes Reynolds and myself, about the good loss for Indiana to Purdue, right, in the regular season. And now that goes out the window once you make a nice little run 
in your conference tournament. So you still have that, that body of work to be done. And to your point about the ACC, when schools like Wake Forest lose in the first round of, of a bad conference, I wonder if that is going to kick them right off the bubble here and maybe insert a team like Virginia Tech in the same conference to move ahead in the pecking order there. It's going to be really crazy. And, and I know that I, I am not an expansion guy. I think we've got enough here with 68 teams. You've got plenty of time. Look at Michigan now, 17 and 15. Ooh, that's going to be interesting if they can get nine. Is Oklahoma, are they in after that heartbreaking loss to Texas Tech now? That's going to be in a, what we believe is a better conference here in the Big 12. And there I mentioned Wake Forest. Look, the record looks nice. But look at the quad one wins. They're not there. For Wake Forest, so I, this is these are the conversations the committee are going to have to have to have tomorrow, and they're not some. There's going to be some tough cuts they're going to have to make. Right, absolutely, and and something else, and and I don't want to dive deep down a rabbit hole with this, but I think you know all of the discussion we're having here about comparing resumes, comparing conferences, comparing perceptions of the conferences. Mm-hmm. There will be teams that are on the outside looking in, and those teams will go to the NIT. And, and there are a lot of good betting opportunities in the NIT, CBI, CIT that they don't get the fanfare of right. March Madness. They will not, they won't have a crowd like Thursday and Friday that we're going to have down here for the NIT. But, you know, you get a lot of good betting opportunities because of that. And I think that that's something that we have to keep in mind here. Even if it's, you know, kind of a secondary perspective, there will be opportunities in those other postseason tournaments. Very quickly, if Adam Burke's got a vote, you're on that committee. Michigan in or are they out? I'm an Ohio State fan, so of course they're out. But, no, honestly, I don't think they've done enough to get in, truthfully. Wow! There could be a one seed in that NIT, so we'll find out how that plays out. And then you have to worry about motivation and all those things before we handicap that. But it's a great point. There is still a good opportunities there, uh, certainly money to be made. All right, when we come back, let's talk about Kentucky and Tennessee as they get ready to tip off here in the SEC. It is betting across. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at pet 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER i'm hannah storm and my podcast nba dna with hannah storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the nba today we talked to all sorts of people i interacted with from dr j to charles barkley and recap iconic moments yes he's got it here he comes Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality 
podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. America, right here on Vison, these sports betting. you make your next college basketball bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over-unders and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Dave Ross alongside Adam Burke. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. We are here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. It feels like the calm after the storm right now, after Iowa hits that buzzer beater here 1.1 seconds to go. But for all intents and purposes, they get the 80-77 to 77 win over Indiana. And Adam, you and I were having a discussion before we went to break there as we really try to look at what the committee is going to be faced with tomorrow. And I know that they probably have the framework for the majority of the teams already in the field of 68. But the question does get down to, obviously, outside of automatic bids, what at-large teams are going to make the cut. And we mentioned Dayton and getting those first four in. And we mentioned, just go back to last year with UCLA and Michigan State. And UCLA, of course, makes that great run all the way to the Final Four. I mentioned it with Wes and Femi. Syracuse went from Dayton to the Final Four. Virginia Commonwealth, my alma mater, went from the, final, the first four to the Final Four. So it's not something to just throw away as these teams cannot compete when you start to look at the futures market here and teams that can make a run to the Final Four. Do you think the committee, when we talked about Michigan against, say, a Wyoming or a Xavier or an Oklahoma, Wake Forest, maybe even a Notre Dame? I mean, Notre Dame's in the tournament, but whether or not they're firmly in the tournament. Adam, how do you think they're going to break that down? Is it about TV or is it about merit? Yeah, we were talking about this during the break, and I think it was really important to point up and kind of point out and continue this discussion. You mentioned it. Teams that go in the first four, Syracuse, Michigan State, UCLA, these are big college basketball brands. So do I think Michigan's done enough to be in the tournament? No. 
But if I'm sitting there in that selection committee and mm -hmm. I can put a big brand like Michigan into the first four in Dayton, probably going to do that. And, you know, you've got a team in Ann Arbor that's certainly within driving distance of getting down, you know, I-75 there, getting all the way down to Dayton. You've got Notre Dame within driving distance in South Bend that could very well. What, what if we get a first four game here between Michigan and Notre Dame? Oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, you think about this. It, it's not about the athlete necessarily. It's about the metrics when it needs to be, when they can mold and shape the narrative however they want to. Mm -hmm. It is about money. And if you can put Michigan against Notre Dame in the first four in Dayton on either Tuesday or Wednesday night, I mean, they'll go crazy for that idea. I actually think it does make some sense. And again, so the, the other complaints are going to be, well, you're putting in a ninth Big Ten team if this theory holds true. And again, I actually think it makes a lot of sense what you're saying here, Adam, as far as Michigan goes. So. The draws, they do want eyeballs. They are about making money. We know that. That's just the way it goes. A Michigan in the first four in, in Dayton, would be one of those teams that you go, yeah, if Juwan Howard can figure this thing out, uh, this is a team that can make a run in the NCAA tournament. Are they worthy of getting in? And this goes back to Jay Billis and VCU. Even though they get to the Final Four, doesn't justify the fact that he thought that team was not uh, a valid, legit team of 68 to get in. So to your point, even though Michigan might not be worthy of an at-large 68, if they get in, they could do damage. Right, because this sort of becomes, look, if we're going to compare resumes side-by-side side of Michigan and SMU and Xavier, and if Virginia Tech loses tonight, Virginia Tech, you know, they're, they're going to go, look, I mean, we could say that all these teams are interchangeable, but which one brings us the most ratings? Which one brings us the most money? Not only in the first four game, but also if they were to win that first four game, move into the field of 64, play in a first round game on either Thursday or Friday. You know, I guess now that the more I think about it, like I said, I don't think Michigan has done enough to merit a berth, mm -hmm. but if it's between them and, you know, a team from Laramie or, or SMU uh -oh. or, you know, even Xavier and, and Xavier's obviously, you know, very close down there to Dayton being in the Cincinnati area. I mean, they're, they're going to pick Michigan. I would think it would make some sense. So, again, uh, we'll see what uh, the committee does here. But and, and to that end, I think it's important to point this out, too, that if you're looking at futures markets, mm -hmm. Sweet 16 markets, all of that, you know, things that are probably posted out there, this is something that you want to keep in mind, too, is that if you want to try and take a shot at Michigan, do they deserve to be there? Probably not, but they probably will get in. So if that was a futures price you were interested in, Maybe you could make a speculatory wager on that, just thinking that the committee is thinking along the same lines that we are. And again, that would be an 11 versus an 11, and then they would get the sixth seed, whoever wins that playing game on Tuesday or Wednesday in Dayton. So a lot of moving parts here in the futures market, that's for sure. Two teams that we know are going to be firmly in, and I'm sure some people might like Tennessee to be an upset bid and make a run at least to a potentially to a Final Four, and Kentucky is going to be one of those short favorites here. I got two top 10 teams here in the SEC what do you make of, of this number today? UK uh, opened up as a small favorite here, about two, and then over under around 140. Motivation comes into play for me here. So, again, we kind of saw it with A&M against Arkansas here because I know Arkansas will be one of those sexy teams, whether they're a four or five somewhere in there uh, to make a run. Maybe they weren't overly motivated against an A&M team today. How motivated will Kentucky be in your eyes against Tennessee today? Yeah, I think it's a really fair question because I, I feel like, you know, obviously there's a number one seat up for grabs now mm -hmm. with Auburn going down. So Kentucky could be interested in pushing for that. On the other hand, Kentucky's a team that's been pretty unhealthy throughout the season. I mean, Ty Ty Washington not only missed some time, but he's also been playing hurt. Mm -hmm. Severe Wheeler's a guy who was also hurt for a little while. This is a team where 
if you don't have to play tomorrow, maybe you don't necessarily want to. You know, so yeah, I think motivation is definitely a factor. And I talked about this earlier on with Matt Painter and Purdue, and I think this is very relevant with Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes is 24 and 25 straight up at the NCAA tournament. Oh, and he's had some very good teams at Texas (laughs) and now at Tennessee. And he's a 500 coach in the tournament. He is not a reliable or trustworthy guy in the NCAA tournament, especially because most of his teams were in favorite roles. To me, I think this is a scenario where Rick Barnes, there's a monkey on his back. Mm. And I think that this is a game that he wants his program to win, wants to try and improve that seed line. I'm sure he's very self-aware of the issues that he's had. I agree with you. I think this is a scenario where we could have a little bit of a motivation and focus edge on the Tennessee side. I think Kentucky could very well win it all this season. But I also think that John Calipari knows when to push it, knows when to kind of pull it back a little bit. Maybe today is one of those spots where they pull it back after being in a dogfight against Vanderbilt yesterday. You know, Adam, it's, it's interesting, too. You saw the totals come down a little bit to 138 and a half. And I think this gets back to a conversation we had off the top of the show. As you get deeper into these tournaments, do you think the safer play, if there's such a thing, uh, is to kind of carte blanche play unders? Because, again, I know the Indiana game just went over 80-77 uh, in that one. But that you feel like at some point, jump shooters – three days, three games, at some point, it's going to manifest itself in poor shooting. Is that almost a, a, a way to play some of these things when you see these totals initially come out? feels like they get bet down right away. Yeah, I think so. I think certainly in a game like this. I mean, this is a different game to what we saw with Indiana and Iowa, where Iowa is a very good offensive team, and they're not great defensively. They're, they're not a team that I want to look to play unders with. In this case, with these two teams, they both play to about the same pace. They both play a physical brand of basketball. Mm-hmm. They're both pretty good on the offensive glass. You know, So maybe you do get some second-chance opportunities and stuff like that. To me, I, the thing that would kind of concern me about this total is I want to know how this game is officiated. Okay. You know, will they allow them to bang and play hard and you know get physical down under the basket? If they're going to be whistle-happy in this game and we're going to see a parade to the free-throw line, then the last thing you want is to be sitting on an under. Mm-hmm. But – if and maybe this is a live betting opportunity to your point that you start watching this game if they're going to let them play then I, I think that this probably is a lower scoring game because also too the more important the game the more important the stakes typically everything kind of slows down tightens right. up a little bit yeah I'm with you on that so again officiating is always a, a key uh, element here in some of these totals the the way that they're going to call the games look I always like it when they let the kids play as they say. And normally that does lead to more unders, that's for sure. But again, that number has drifted down just a little bit to 138.5. I believe I just saw uh, some news breaking that Will Wade is out as the head coach at LSU. Uh, a bit of an interesting timing. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that LSU is firmly in the, 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 the tournament here. So I wonder if they're going to go in without their head coach or if he's going to be able to play out the rest of this regular season in the postseason here. That'll be interesting in a futures setting there in the SEC. Uh, a surprise that I didn't see coming here on the eve as we get ready for selection Sunday tomorrow. So we'll see how that plays out. But again, some curious things again, Memphis, we'll talk about them a little bit too, whether or not they get in, if they get in, how that affects Penny Hardaway going forward. There's a lot of moving parts before you get into those futures markets in the NCAA tournament. This is the time of year. Now you're going to see a lot of these coaching changes, a lot of coaching decisions. Jawan Howard might be on the bubble at Michigan. So before you kind of, chalk those numbers in and go, this is a team I like to make a deep run. Interesting news coming out here as the conference tournaments start to uh, play out, but Wade, Will Wade is out at LSU. Yeah, and interestingly enough here, uh, if you follow Joe Lenardi and his bracketology, he has LSU against Indiana in the 6-11 game <laughs> with Indiana getting the last bye. Now, of course, we'll see what happens coming off that loss to Iowa, 
But you have an Indiana team playing at a very high level, an LSU team that has completely fallen off the face of the earth since, you know, probably at the middle of the season. Wow. Now with no Will Wade, an assistant coach taking over, I mean, I feel like if that matchup comes to fruition here on Selection Sunday, everyone's going to take Indiana. And the I just for a point of history here, kids out there, Bill Frieder did this years ago at Michigan, took a job at Arizona State, and then some guy named Steve Fisher took over the program, and the Fab Five became a reality, and they go all the way to the Final Four. And that was actually Ramil Robinson and that crew did that even earlier. So just remember, sometimes with the coach going out, might be addition by subtraction. When we come back, some more uh, conference tournament games to get into before they tip off. Come on back. It's Betting Across America right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get an early start in your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting tomorrow with six hours of free live video streaming on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every single game. The VSIN college hoops experts include Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. We're going to analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket round one tournament betting with a VEASAN College Hoops experts tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern free on VEASAN.com. Back alongside Adam Burke, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America right here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. And Adam, I, I'm a golf guy. I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment. I, I'm, I'm not particularly good. So when I woke up today and started watching the second round of the TPC, the players, at Sawgrass, and I saw the, the rain finally stopped. They're going to have a Monday finish. It might even bleed into Tuesday at this rate. The winds are up. It is pure carnage for the players out there on the course down there in uh, Florida. It's getting colder down in the 50s. We see guys in hoodies out there. And right now, guys like Tommy Fleetwood and Tom Hoagie, you still have the lead at 600. They haven't played at all today. They had all that from Thursday as we sit on a Saturday, and the guys out now are battling the elements like I would on a casual round. So it kind of feel, makes me feel good to see the pros struggle like this. Yeah, I, I sort of like those days when I watch tee shots. And I go, oh, I can do that. Right? That's what my tee shots look like. I can put it like. in the water. I can put it in the water. I, I probably would. I'd be out of balls by now. <laughs> so but, today is a day of survival it, for those yes. guys. Yeah, and a lot like kind of what we saw in last weekend's tournament too. Right. Where it was just kind of survive and, and hope to not shoot 78 or higher. That's it. You know, that's kind of what we're looking at here today too. And the best round so far out there, Kevin Kisner is at five under par as he plays his 10th hole out there. So again, all I would say to people, if you had a pre-flop selection in this tournament, uh, great. I would hold on to that and just see how things shake out today. If you're playing today, it is not advantageous. I saw that the leaders like Fleetwood might tee off at about 5 p.m. Eastern time and get in as many holes as they can get in before the sun goes down. So again, they're going to try to get this thing tomorrow will really feel like the tournament can take form. So again, for in-game wagers and golf, I would wait until today is over, reset it, and I think we'll get calmer conditions tomorrow and just try to survive today because it is a brutal day out there with the winds howling around 25 miles per hour. I want to get back into college basketball, and obviously it's a huge day today uh, with Selection Sunday happening tomorrow. We see that the American Championship semis underway with Houston, the top seed right now, with a four-point lead over Tulane. Uh, Pre-flop in that one, the big number there, weighing about 13 with a total around 134. What do you make of the Cougs? Nice comeback yesterday in their win over Cincinnati. 
I don't know if this is just going to be how many bids this league's going to get, but Houston feels like the class clearly of the American. You know, they're they're the class of the American in a statistical sense, but also, I mean, they were very uncompetitive in both games against Memphis. Mm-hmm. The only win that they have really over a tournament-ish team is SMU, and we talked about SMU as being one of the four teams who's very much on the bubble, could end up in Dayton, may end up going absolutely nowhere. Houston does not have good wins. Now, they don't have bad losses. I will give them that. You know, All five of their losses are the top 30 teams. So I give them a lot of credit for the fact that they've beaten the teams that they're supposed to, but they are not looking particularly good here at the tail end of the year. And I think it's important. You know, you talked about teams that kind of go from that play in to making a little bit of a run. Right. You know, one of the things that uh, Brian Blessing and you know, one of my favorite people here in this business, he used to tell me was, you know, you start looking at those teams that get into the playoffs as an eight seed or something like that. They've been playing for their playoff lives for weeks. Mm. You know, they're used to this kind of setting. Whereas the number one seeds, maybe they've been coasting, something like that. You know, so some of these teams that are playing really well going into the tournament, you may want to play on them. But some of these teams like Houston that are not playing well, they're a team that could end up with an early exit here, and it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, again, normally you like to think, you know, defense is going to travel. This is the identity of that basketball team certainly is defense. But to that point, you got to fill it at some point. You're going to have to score. And you wonder if Houston, uh, with some of those offensive deficiencies that that they have, there'll be an interesting uh, case study to me what seed they get. Mm -hmm. Because, again, we've talked a little bit about it, how you look at these Power 5 conferences, and clearly that is not Houston uh, when you look at this conference in the American. I I wonder, are they going to, like, maybe a three-line for you? Does that feel about right, maybe a three-four in there? Yeah, I would say, I mean, look, I think it kind of matters. You know, they should win this game. I don't know if they're going to cover it, but, you know, obviously they're only up two here with seven left to play in the first half. Mm -hmm. Do they get revenge against Memphis? I mean, obviously Memphis still has to beat SMU today. Right. But do they get revenge against Memphis in that title game? If they do, and if they can prove that they can actually beat a legitimate team, which, again, they're 0-5 against Quadrant 1 opponents this year, then maybe that does bump them to a three-seed line. But I, I think for right now, especially if they don't, you know, look good here, and if they don't look good in the championship game, they're probably a four seed to me, and, and they may be one of those vulnerable teams in one of those 13 versus four matchups. Yeah, you normally see it, and again, it happens every year with five and 12s. They tend to happen with four and 13s as well. I will say Lenardi's even got them as a five right now. Woo! So uh, so obviously there is some level of disrespect here with Houston and the fact that they don't have a signature win, and again, they're not play, they're not impressive down the stretch. Yeah, and, and not impressive so far today, but again, about six minutes to go here, Against Tulane, they've got a four-point lead right here. And obviously, uh, the Green Wave at uh, 14 and 14, there'd be one heck of an upset. And right now, hanging tough, only down two six minutes ago in the first half. Okay, let's uh, kind of take a perusal around some of these other games getting ready to go, some that have already tipped off. How about Penn and Yale? Again, Ivy League uh, semifinals here. Whoever is going to come out of the Ivy League, I wonder what seed they might get, probably looking at that 15-16 somewhere in there. Uh, what do you make of the Yaleys today laying three and a half is what it was pre-flop? You know, this is a very tight game right now. It's about six and a half minutes left. It's tie out there, 55-55. And, and the thing about the Ivy is, you know, these two teams were very, very similar. Mm-hmm. And from a future standpoint, you almost had to default to Princeton because they played a Cornell team that actually played them very tough in the regular season. They failed to cover today, but they did survive in advance in that game. Um, but this was one where... Penn and Yale was was very much a toss-up game, in my opinion, when I was kind of breaking this conference tournament down. Looks like if Princeton wins it, they'd be a 13 seed. I would say if it's Yale or Penn, they'll probably be a 14 seed. But, you know, this is just, there's not really, there's no fanfare to this conference ever. (laughs) You know, I mean, these aren't like the the Harvard teams. Well, they're all studying. They're they're all, nobody's. That's true. (laughs) 
you know, Harvard's had some good teams in the tournament. Cornell had some good teams for a few years. I don't think any of these teams will make any noise in their first round game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that there will be a betting opportunity tomorrow, depending on what happens in this game. Does it go to overtime? Is it tight throughout? That's probably something that helps out Princeton. Richmond and Dayton uh, in the A-10 today. Dayton, obviously a must win for them uh, against the Spires of Richmond. What do you make here of this Dayton Flyers ball club here? Land three is what I saw pre-flop. You know, Dayton's a, a solid team. I think a, pr- a pretty well-coached team. And, and you give them a lot of credit because they're one of these mid-majors that's always in the national discussion. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? And they've obviously had some really good teams. The Obi Toppin team, you know, especially the one that had the uh, NCAA tournament taken away by COVID. That's a right. team that could have made a really, really impressive run. Here in this one, you kind of wonder about Richmond a little bit because you know this, you're a VCU guy. Richmond beat VCU last night. Yeah, they knocked the Rams out of the conference tournament. We're not happy Knocked the Rams that. out of any sort of contention for the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. You would like to think that there's not a letdown factor in a conference tournament, but also this Richmond team is, unless they win the conference, they're not going to the NCAA tournament. They're not up for an at-large like Dayton is. No. I, I would kind of look towards the Flyers in this game today. Yeah, right now, second in the A-10 for the Dayton Flyers at 23-9. and nine. So, yeah, as a VCU grad, if, if Richmond went out today, I wouldn't be that uh, disappointed. That's for sure. Uh, let's take a look at maybe some other uh, action going on. How about the in the uh, in the MAC? We got uh, Monmouth against St. Peter's. Uh, that is a uh, right now St. Peter's two and a half. As that one's going to go uh, just in about what about thirty minutes or so. What do you make of that matchup here with a low total at around one twenty-seven? You know, St. Peter's is a team that uh, you know I, I really love following the small conferences. I mm-hmm. like following the one bid leagues a lot. I think there's a lot more betting equity during the regular season in those conferences. And St. Peter's is a team that I watched very closely throughout the year. They're, according to Bart Torvik, they're top 35 in adjusted defensive efficiency. They're top 20 in both three-point percentage defense and two-point percentage defense. The problem for the Peacocks was early on in the year, they were terrible offensively, (laughs) and they were really, really bad at converting around the rim. And They've gotten better at doing that throughout the course of the season here. I actually like them a little bit here today. Monmouth does have a little bit of a home court advantage. They are much closer to Atlantic City than St. Peter's is, so there is that. But I think St. Peter's is a team that's actually on a bit of an upswing here. They've won six in a row, seven of their last eight, and they were a team that I was kind of following to make a little bit of a run. They've done that here. We'll see if they can finish it off and get this bid. All right, and again, we saw as it's been, the totals have come down from that pre-flop number of 127, about 124.5. So, again, most people, I think, starting to kind of – Lock in on some of those totals, thinking as we keep going days in, days out uh, with consecutive play, maybe the legs start to go. Uh, Purdue and Michigan State, they have tipped off early bucket here for Sparty. They are up two zip in that one in Dayton right now. That game is just tipped as well. Two nothing over Richmond there. And in the SEC tournament semifinals, uh, Kentucky four to two right now over Tennessee in the first couple of minutes. So, again, this is what we've been trying to tell you here. Sometimes once you get start getting to these semifinal matchups here, the grind starts to kick in with some of these totals. So we'll see how they play out. But some slower starts here uh, across the college basketball landscape. And again, every time I look up at TPC Sawgrass, another ball just goes. Someone's in the water. water. Someone's in the water at 17. It's just happening all day long. When we come back, Mike Carano is going to join us, the sportsbook manager over at Mandalay Bay. Come on back. It is Beeson, the sports betting.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining and shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. Whether you wager on BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dave Ross alongside Adam Burke. This is Betting Across America right here from Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. We're seeing Dayton right now, 9-6 to six early up on Richmond. First TV timeout there. Tennessee, before they go to the first TV timeout, 12-6 to six lead over Kentucky. So things looking good early on for the Vols. We'll keep you updated there. Michigan State, we saw a player go off into the tunnel for Sparty. We'll have to keep a watchful eye for the in-game wager there. Uh, a tight one as they open up their play against Purdue. But right now? I believe it's actually two players two that have players? already been banged up for Michigan State Ooh. here. Tyson Walker and then also A.J. Hoggard, both uh, kind of limping around a little bit here for Michigan State in the early going. So, you know, a, a team that likes to use the bench, likes to spread the minutes out quite a bit. Uh, that's something that could be very worrisome for Sparty today. All right, so we'll keep an eye on those uh, in-game numbers here as Sparty right now is banged up early in that contest. Uh, the sportsbook and race director over at Mandalay Bay is Mike Peronio. Always great to have Mike join us here betting across America each and every Saturday. Uh, Mike, boy, it's an exciting time for us, obviously, in this space. I got to imagine for you over at Mandalay Bay, what are the next 24 hours going to be like here as we get these conference finals uh, finally starting to wrap up? And then we get the selection show, and then all the numbers come out uh, before we get to Dayton on Tuesday and to the NCAA tournament on Thursday and Friday. What's the process like for you over the next 24 hours? Yeah, I mean, it's there. You, you got that 100% right. There's a lot of preparation for uh, books here in Nevada, especially big ones like we have here that are really large and big. We've got reserved seating for people that uh, are our biggest players in the casino want to be here. Everyone wants to be in the sports book on March <laughs> Madness, and we accommodate our bigger players. And uh, uh, it's sometimes hard for me to say no to guys that come a lot that are, you know, big sports or horse race betters. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you got a guy that plays – 50,000 a hand in blackjack, you can tell me he can't have a seat. So it's, uh, it's a great time, uh, great time to be here, and it's very exciting. And uh, it's a lot of hard work, but uh, we thought maybe after all this hard work, we'd have the rest of the summer off, but I guess baseball is going to make us work the rest of the year. <laughs> so. No rest at all coming up. No, there, there never is in this business. <laughs> it, it seems like there's just always something going on. And then, of course, you got the NFL draft coming right. up here, too, right in Las Vegas. But, Mike, I want to ask you, you know, we've kind of been talking about this. I've been down at Circa the last couple of days here. Dave and I were talking about it before the show. Uh, we could call it the calm before the storm, but the, the sports books are kind of booming a little bit mm-hmm. here. Has, has business been pretty good for you throughout the conference tournaments? Yeah, and, you know, it's always busy, especially, you know, over the years, we've seen conference championship week grow and grow and grow. And to be honest with you, you know, I can put on my Kreskin hat. That's maybe no one will understand that unless they're my age. But, I know it when you're uh, talking about Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think conference is going to keep growing. And to be honest with you, it's time for the Big 12 and some other conferences to move their tourneys to Vegas because we've got enough 
places to hold them, and we got a big arena uh, arena at T-Mobile. Plus, we've got Allegiant and some other places. I, I really think we, we should be the hub for all conference games, uh, at least for the Midwest to the West Coast. Every conference should have their tournament here. It's a neutral site. It's good for the, the, the fairness of it, too, and uh, there's no better place to be. So I, I look for this to keep growing, and maybe someday it'll be as good as March Madness, at least maybe second week of March Madness. Yeah, it's interesting, Mike, because it does feel different this year. And obviously, you know, two years ago, this time of year, we had the COVID year, which shut down college basketball. And then last year, we kind of had a COVID bubble, if you will, uh, scenario for March Madness. Is it because of all that that that's now ending and, and kind of life is returning to normal, Mike? Are you seeing the handles back up? And to, to Adam's point, we feel it here at, Cir- at Circa. We could see it at South Point in the show before us here. Is it because of all that that you're seeing all the betters back into the books and really going to expect a really big handle this year for college basketball and, then, and March Madness? Yeah, and especially for Nevada this year, uh, we've had great results and, and wins and handle. Uh, and that's not just in sportsbook. It's overall in the, the casino sections are doing well, some of the best years we've ever had in, in t- table games and slots and everything. So uh, we're really excited uh, you know, everyone, when they said legalized sports betting might hurt Vegas, and it's the same thing they always say. Uh, nothing hurts Vegas. Uh, the economy goes bad. People gamble more. Uh, legalized sports betting, it just brings more people in. And, you know, it's great to go to a sports book and maybe in Iowa or Arizona or wherever we have all these sports books. But it's still fun to come to Vegas and see everything that's here because it can't be recreated. It will never be recreated. Vegas is Vegas, and it's always fun to come here. Mike, 15 conference tournament championship games here today. We've also got some semifinal action as well. Uh, Some of these games are already finished, some of them not. Any big decisions for the book today, either in games that have been finished or those that are coming up later? You know what? Some we've had. Uh, Iowa didn't quite cover the spread. That was a great game, by the way. Uh, not a lot of huge betting on it. Uh, everyone's kind of holding close to the vest, I think, on these. And wise guys are pretty smart. That's what we call them, wise guys. These tournaments. Uh, it, it's amazing to me to watch higher seeds constantly lose in the last the last of these tournaments. It, it's if you look up there, it seems like a, a a two seed in the conference is losing to a six seed. Uh, making some of these bubble teams maybe getting into the tournament. So it's uh, it's interesting to see the, see that goes. And, and if you're already in the tournament, uh, it's not like they're doing it on purpose. I think you're just not as hungry, and, you, you know, you know you're in the tournament. What's it matter if you would go all out? So uh, it's interesting to see that stuff. The futures is interesting right now. The biggest future thing that's amazing to me is the two things we need are Villanova. Uh, they've got a shot at, I think, a two-seed, and Arizona. <laughs> we, we're a mid-six-figure winner on Arizona winning the tournament, and, you know, I see the odds are down, you know, pretty single-digit now. Uh, everyone kind of slept on them all year, and mm-hmm. it was our advantage, and now they're coming in strong. I don't know if they can win it, but it'll be a good, a good result for us. And the opposite side of that is, you know, even with Gonzaga's low odds, we're a huge Huge loser, six-figure loser on Gonzaga, and but the most tickets by far. And you're not even getting good odds all year long on them, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, it really is, Mike. When you look ahead and kind of forecast where we think uh, we might see some of these seeds, and then the, the how they are priced accordingly to make those Final Four runs. Very quickly in the conference uh, tournaments here, have you seen more handle on the? Obviously, the Power Five is always going to draw the attention. Has it been the Big Ten? Has it been the Big 12? Has it been the SEC? I know the ACC is a little bit down. Has there been one conference tournament that you've seen more action come in on? 
Yeah, it's uh, you know I I don't have to look. I probably should just to make sure I'm not uh, getting it wrong. But I'm fairly certain to say the Pac-12 with the tournament being here will have the most money on it. Uh, a lot of people coming here to watch games. Uh, the tickets are expensive. There's a lot of high-end customers that come to pl- watch this Pac-12 tournament, and we get a lot of action on that from morning till night. And uh, hmm. uh, that's why we're encouraging all the other conferences to come join us this week. <laughs> Mike, we got about a minute left here, and I want to ask you, you know, for March Madness, it's not just about betting spreads and totals. You know, you've got adjusted futures markets based on the bracket that comes out. You've got things like betting odds to win the Sweet 16. Uh, what sorts of prop bets and, and other kinds of futures you guys concocting here once we know what the bracket looks like? You know what? We're going to come up with some even between now and next week. Uh, but typically, uh, it's props are, are interesting, and it, uh, some of the props are our biggest bet, most bet, I should say, not a uh, number of tickets wise, are the first to 20, first to 15 bets that everybody loves. So we're really into those kinds of uh, uh, prop bets. Getting to the to win a regional is going to be a huge. A lot of people take advantage of uh, the, who's going to win the West, the regional winners, and you get some decent. Options on some of those schools and uh, uh, a really interesting bet that we kind of started doing last year and I think you'll see more of these types of bets is you can bet what state's going to win the, the, the championship and uh, it won't be Nevada by the way but uh, you can bet California uh, you know if you take uh, Virginia, you get all the Virginia teams. If you take California, you get all the California teams. So uh, those are interesting props that uh, can maybe have some value if if, uh, if you see something that, that looks appealing. Those aren't uh, too bad of groupings. Got about 45 seconds to go with Mike Franya, the racing sportsbook director over at Mandalay Bay. Mike, you mentioned Major League Baseball with it being back in the fold. Everybody deeps a, sigh, a little sigh of relief that baseball will, in fact, be back. Are people rushing to the window to, to place those future bets yet? Because I'm hoping people are betting on my Metropolitans in New York. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, th- th- we've got some action on it. We're starting to put up divisions and all the other stuff associated to the you know season long bets. The interesting thing on that is is usually we have a long time to look at those and bet it. Mm-hmm. We're putting them up late for obvious reasons, so you might be able to find some uh, things that uh, might be advantageous to the player because we're trying to put all this stuff up later and not having as much time to look at it, and people are firing away on it. So if you see a mistake, uh, please take it easy on it. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Mike, uh, enjoy the next 24 hours. It's going to be wild. That's why they call it March Madness. There he is, Mike Franio, over at Mandalay Bay. Come on back. It's betting across America on Visa and the Sports Betting Network.